The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to, well, actually, technically, it's the second one this week, or the third, or the fourth. Today's podcast, it's the one today, brought to you by Justin Higgins, Stephen Howland, Daniel Berg, Jeffrey Arbo, and Charles Muir, each of which is going to start a fight just like Pink, and I think someone lost their husband. I don't know how it all works. In any case, this one goes out to them. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. You're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast. 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 The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to this issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast. As Matthew said, we don't even know which one we're on because we record so many of them. I hate this. It only now now is occurring when we're doing super Mm multi-tracks. Like when Matthew and I just record, like the Mm -hmm. Dueling Review from yesterday, not a single problem. Right. When it's just, when it's the three of us recording, occasionally it's a problem. Mm -hmm. But then when we have more than... Apparently, more than three tracks going at the same time. Right. Apparently, it's a problem. I can go it's, back on a cruise if you want me to. Oh, yeah. Please do. Zach. It's probably uh, Zach. Will, you, will you pay for it? It's probably no, like an, an exponential or... issue. It, it could very well like be. The... Not being able to handle that many mm-hmm. throughputs. Yeah. Like, the the likelihood of Robo Matthew goes up by a factor of however many people are there. <laughs> I am the atomic powered robot. By the time we get to Matthew to the Robo Matthew to the fourth power, it's almost a uh, a certainty that we'll get a eight some kind of Dalek. It's moment. almost a sci fi movie of the week. Yes, <laughs> you saw Super Eight finally Matthew recently versus Shark Decon. I did. I did see Super Eight finally. It's on Netflix. <laughs> I was sitting around and I was like, "What am I gonna do now?" That stuff is not happening. You don't you don't go to movies that often, right? I mean, I, the last I really, movie you went to was Wreck It Ralph. I did. I went to see Wreck It Ralph, and apparently your tweets have blown up all over the yeah. Uh, webs. It's uh, it's really complex. By the way, I got a chance to see all the tweets uh, regarding my Wreck It Ralph tweet. I will give them one meta down. <laughs> okay. In any case, yeah, I did get to see Super Eight finally, and you know that movie's been out for what like four years or something. Stupid like that. At least two years. Yeah, Um, so every time people would talk about it, be like la 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 la, because I I really wanted to see it because I was like, this looks like a live action Iron Giant is is what all the promos were reminding me of. Yeah. Uh, So I really wanted to see it. Finally got a chance to see it, and it's funny because I didn't remember anything that I had heard about it previously. So I started playing, and I was like, you know, this film style is somewhat familiar. I wonder who this movie is by, and at that moment, it's like you see 
like a car go go past and then like there's like the, just this blue line of light that cuts the screen in half and I'm like mm-hmm. oh this is a JJ Abrams film <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah the, I mean there's a using uh lens flares appropriately mm-hmm. is fine yeah and that blue line is very indicative of the 35 millimeter film experience from the right, 1970s right. with the cheap the cheap uh, lens mm-hmm. but yeah when you start getting into the Star Wars lens flares, even when there's no light source that could possibly in any way be entering mm-hmm. the film lens, which is how you get a lens flare. You mean the Star Trek ones? Yeah, the Star Trek ones, right. yeah. It the totally gets it totally gets ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I found it a little distracting, but that's I think it's I think in Super Eight is a little bit more toned down or or at least a little bit more like it makes a little bit more sense when you see it. This is um, I, you know, regardless of what the uh, what the end creature was, right? Mm-hmm. This was totally a here's my love letter to Steven Spielberg. I mean, he produced it. it. it re- oh, it really yeah. was. But I mean, it is totally everything of a Steven Spielberg movie up to Hook. I want to say because after that, Steven Spielberg just well didn't have he the start, same well magic. he started well he started doing different things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he wasn't doing just that giant spectacle right, right, right. movie anymore. Yeah. But it had like. All these little things that were just like total homages to Close Encounters yeah. of the Third Kind, Jaws, uh, you know, uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic, well, to an extent, some Jurassic Park, but all of those films. Yeah, of oh, definitely. Early, Close Encounters, late 70s, e. early, early 80s. Yeah, stuff that was just. I total think they Spielberg. digitally turned some guns into flashlights and then backed into guns <laughs> as an homage. At one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a there's a there's a point where everything magnetic gets pulled away and the guns explode into flashlights. Yeah. You and I really liked it when they built the alien out of mashed potatoes in the middle of the room. This yeah. means something. This still one of my part. still one of my all time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not Super Eight: Close Encounters of the right. Third Kind. <laughs> I mean, I, I Super liked 8, it. By the way, came out last year. Yeah, 2011. Did it really? Summertime. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Early summer. So then it must. Yeah, like, I remember them ruining the comics like early summer last year, right before oh, the new Fifty. Yeah, because they yeah, had all right. those. They had all those pre pre-run um teaser man i've been comics for a while if i can remember that oh yeah oh yeah man a whole year wow a whole year 15 months on your way you just watch tomorrow everything by now tomorrow you'll be working at gatekeeper hobbies (laughs) and becoming that guy yes if you want to go in for me tomorrow that would be awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i didn't like uh, i'll tell you one thing that super 8 did a really good job of it did a really good job of transitioning from uh, te- like tween love story with a monster in the background to monster movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it, it's it's pretty seamless when that stuff starts kicking in. And like at the first, if you think about the first half of the movie, all love story. If you think yep. about the second right. half of the movie, all like all right, yeah, all et. So, and, and I don't remember the moment where that changes. Well, I guess you can point to one specific moment where it's, like, obvious that it has changed. Right. But, you know, other than that, I think they did a really good job. And, and at no point did I feel like, oh, all of these plot lines are unresolved, which sometimes happens a lot in, you know, in, in kind of disaster-y sci-fi movies. Yeah. Where they start setting up characters and then things don't get resolved. I mean, some of them, they have to resolve them really quickly. Where it's just like in the car ride is like, hey, you know that thing I'm mad at you about? I'm not mad at you about it anymore. All right, cool. <laughs> but you know, I th- I thought it did a really good job. But uh, I don't know. I-, I I think there's just something in my 
brain, possibly because I've worked in in TV, um, going back to the lens flares, that every time I see a lens lens flare in my brain, it seems like a mistake. It's supposed to be a mistake. Yeah, it exactly. A, it is a physical error. Defect. Of, yeah, a yeah. defect of the lens, and it's it's amazing to me that um, they are that he uses them for effect. Oh, just willy nilly. Yeah. Oh, that drives me crazy too. But but I think it's because of that mindset that we have. I thought a lot about it, and I'm like, you know, most people don't realize. Yeah, it's yeah. like you read about people who, when they were kids, or maybe when they were a little older than kids, which is maybe an issue thought that the world was literally in black and white back in the day. You know, you hear about little kids who are like, see those black and white pictures and think that sometime during oh, the 70s, hey, the I still universe look, was colorized. I still look at, when I see color photographs from the 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. it still tweaks my mind because right. I just, it's like, uh, it's like, I know things were in color, so, but you see that and it's that weird tweak of your head. So we develop this lexicon of what is and isn't true or real or whatever based on the media we see. And since lens flares are part of that, are a, a part of how we experience media, then right. we forget that the real world doesn't have lens flare, you know, because sure we does. don't we don't see it every day. Uh, yes, if you wear, I guess, if you wear glasses, you do see lens flare in yeah. the real world. I see lens flare all the time, every day, and that's kind of you know one of the things that you take into account. But more importantly, I think when it comes to lens flare, there is a point where. I think people there there are many people who see it as a defect. I see it if I shot something and there's a lens flare and I didn't want it there, that's a defect. That's a problem. That's something we want to avoid. And because of the mindset of how can I shoot this so it doesn't suck, when somebody puts that lens flare in there just, you know, as a Philip, you know, his lens flare to me is no more or less obnoxious than that thing that George Lucas does with slamming to black. You know, we don't cut to the next sequence. It just, boom, it ends. And uh, all of the Star Wars movies end with that, boom, slam to black. That bothers. It's, a, it's like but, that really quick yeah, iris a, it's down. It's a real iris down is yeah. what it yeah. is. Yeah. That transitional thing. But if you actually Actually, J.J. Abrams in his uh, series does a lot of that slam to black. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe a lot of sitcoms do that cut to cut to like producer's credit right yeah as 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 yeah as as a final shot with maybe like a like the punchline of the last joke Mm -hmm. there at the end right yeah i mean those are all those are all like they're valuable techniques um that kind of i I mean it's funny in, in in film how people do things one way and then the guy who does it the wrong way can get can can use that to effect sort of you know it's like they tell well, you yeah. they tell you that there's nothing like and guys who are like amateur filmmakers no transition looks good unless it's a fade right and even fades oh, aren't always yeah, going yeah. to work yeah. well right it but, but unless sake, stop with that page turn right thing, whatever Un- that is. unless you can figure out a way to do it properly and do it to effect and you know that's what that's what Lucas did with Star Wars. He mm-hmm. saw other directors who had used wipes mm-hmm. to good effect, mm-hmm. used them well, and now the wipe has become this thing that happens in epic movies. This thing that happens in you know moody westerns, well, Star but also Wars, the serials, the and serial Japanese films, movies, the serial films in which he was trying to base these on mm-hmm. had a lot of those kind of transitions in them, right? Um, yeah. Just for whatever stupid reason that Hollywood did it back then. But the problem is here you have. 
And, and this is how I think these things happen. Everyone does it the traditional method way. Right. And then suddenly someone comes along and says, look, I'm showing you how to use a zoom lens. So the first time when you watch um, Dirty Harry, um, the very first Dirty Harry movie, um, you suddenly see these very long, slow zoom ins, which mm-hmm. really prior to the late 60s, early 70s, the zoom lens really didn't exist. Yeah, no, it literally didn't exist pretty um, much. And so then we see somebody say, hey, let me try this for the first time. And suddenly that's different. And may, and it is wrong because our eyes don't right. zoom. Right. Uh, and Zach's heard this before yeah. in my class a million times. I, how I, I hate zoom. I hate <laughs> zoom. Um, but then suddenly someone's like, oh, well, this is cool. Look how this person did it. Now let me do it. And then other people start doing it and they don't understand why they right. – are doing it? Why we're at, why are we adding in these lenses? Because they look cool. Why are you doing a zoom? Because it looks cool. Why are you not using a tripod when you shoot? Because it looks cool. Do you understand why? I mean, you've got a very nice, quiet conversation. Why is your camera shaking around? Because it looks cool. Why is there a lens flare back there? Because it looks cool. That's not the point of trying to tell and convey the story. And I think to an extent. Abrams gets away with it because he's put his stamp on it and said, I'm the lens flare guy. And anybody else who tries to do this is going to be called out on it. And it's going right, to be called right. the J.J. Abrams effect, just like it's called the Ken Burns effect, just like it's called uh, the shaky cam effect by uh, named after J. Edgar Shaky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember him from such films as Bloody Mess on the Highway. So, and, you uh, know, but, but that's the thing. You have these one people who do it and it's. It is a break from tradition. Mm-hmm. It is a break from the norm. And suddenly everybody lashes on going, well, I'm going to do that too. And then suddenly it becomes very ordinary right. to see a camera that's not shot with a tripod. But but that's the thing is, there's a reason why the mainstream is what it is. Right. So, you know, somebody Quentin Tarantino comes back and says, hey, you know what I loved? action movies from the 60s and 70s and you know what there are a lot of in action movies yeah. in the 60s and 70s slam zooms, zooms. slam zooms yeah just too. zoom yeah. Ha! like zoom yeah. into a guy screams zoom back out mm-hmm. everybody screams kung fu fight right yeah, yeah. awesome yeah um but there's a reason why that only exists in that genre anymore mm-hmm. and it's because it is unnatural and it is weird and you can't put it like you said in a quiet conversation you can't put it in a car chase because that zoom makes you feel like they're like you're literally watching it mm-hmm. through a camera mm-hmm. or binoculars or something like that. So unless right. that's specifically what you're going for, all it, it literally takes you out of it. You're like, why did I yeah. just zoom? And that and that totally defeats the purpose. Mm-hmm. The minute that you sit there and you're watching Super Eight and you see these lens flares and go, oh, lens flare is an, an aberration of the lens and is not supposed to happen. Oh, wait a minute. I'm watching a movie. Oh my gosh. I'm not involved in this world that you've lost the audience when that happens. I saw a movie. uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think that the biggest problem that, that you'll run into is that there are people who don't, and I would say the majority of people who don't realize what lens flare actually is supposed to represent or that it, that, you know, people in the business, in the business, if you will, think it's something that only, you know, amateurs do. Bruce gives me crap about many and many of the things that we used to do together when we would shoot video. He'd be like, why would you do that? I'm like, why would you do that? It's a, a part of it is a question of JJ Abrams having a lexicon that he wants to use. Right. I don't think that there's anything wrong 
with doing a stupid zoom or a lens flare. I think what, what we get into is a point where, and this happens, you know, every five or six years, all the movies start to look the same again. All the movies start to look the same again because there is a shared vernacular, if you will, that everybody's using. And I think that having somebody do something, even if it's something that you, oh, why did they do that? It's getting you thinking about, well, why did they do that? Right. Why might well, they have done but that? The, but but oftentimes that's not the thing. Things. And unfortunately, Zach here Hello. has received the brunt of this from me over the last couple of years. Four years? Are you a senior? I'm a senior. Over the last like, four years, know. Zach has heard time and time again, why are you using a pan? Why aren't you using a cut? Right. Why are you using a zoom? Why don't you use a cut? Right. Again and again and again. And Son, sure. this is where you truck. Well, yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, he's heard that for years. Yeah. And um, Matthew might say, well, because I want to. Well, that's fine, but there's a reason why you use all of these things. Right. And, and, there, and if you want to use a slam zoom, there's a reason why you use the slam zoom. Right. So that's that's a good point. Is that whole, why did Tarantino, why why is it when right. the crazy 88 show right. up? Do we see the that, zoom that out? We zoom, yeah. the, that, that zoom in and then that fast zoom right. out is because he's trying to evoke that right. feeling. Right. Lucas with his pants, same mm-hmm. thing, trying to evoke the feeling of old serials. Mm-hmm. Um, so the problem then becomes when people just use that for no reason. Yeah. Use it because it looks cool. With, with like Homer Simpson and star zoom. Star yeah. wipe. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and, and we've seen that with tons of things. We saw it with bullet time in movies mm-hmm. where bullet time didn't belong. Right. We saw it with that, Makes like, 17-minute, like, pan from top to bottom of some structure or of somebody, yeah. like, descending from somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. like, what like what happens in 2001, A Space Odyssey? Some monkeys fight. Then there's a scene of a guy climbing something for like a pod <laughs> coming towards yeah. a thing for 19 minutes. And that's the whole movie. Then there's a star baby. Right. So, you know, <laughs> and that was cool. And it's awesome. I mean, you're watching 2001. And you're like, oh, my God, everything about this is amazing. Right. Even though nothing is happening. <laughs> right. And then just people went crazy with that. And you would have movies where that would happen. But it was at a point in the story where it didn't matter. Right. It's at a point right. where or it's just something that is not an interesting shot to look at. And we're still sitting through this like pan mm-hmm. that takes eighteen hours. It right, seems. right. You know, and like all of these little techniques. You know the um, if you've seen Pi, you know like that smash, yeah, smash, 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 smash. I love that editing. I love that editing. Amazing, right? I don't use that editing. I don't use that because that editing is the rhythm. Because you can't use it on anything. On yeah, you that editing you can't use on anything. Right, except very specific things. Right, you know what's his name. In, in Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. um, Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright yeah. uh, does it really well, mm-hmm. but he does it in a to enforce that repetition, right? You know, where the first half of the movie is also the second half of the movie, right. only in the second half there are zombies, right? Um, and it works really well in that. But when you see it the first time around, it's like, does does this technique belong here? And in the end, he does make it work. Uh, because he's kind of like made a statement with it, so it it really takes it really takes that it takes that statement to make a a, a visual technique that calls attention to itself yeah. work. Well, and Guy Ritchie has that too, right? Where he tries to create a visual rhythm mm-hmm. in how things work, and it works, but they only work in very specific instances, right? And they wow. have to be motivated. So while you can throw. While, while you can throw a lens flare in, 
if you're using it as a lens flare and not simply a flare from a light source, um, then, yeah, I mean, if it's motivated, great. But if not, and you're just throwing it in because it looks cool and you don't know why you're doing it, then I think that that's a failure. But if what if you if know you're, you're doing it? Well, if, if you're, you're Matthew, if your yeah, reason I to mean, throw the lens flare in there is to annoy me, then uh, yeah, you have <laughs> you have still failed. Or, 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 ha- or, or not, not if he actually annoys you, then he has actually succeeded yeah, yeah. in his goal. If, if that's his goal, as a, sure. as a filmmaker or Adobe I, Photoshop user. <laughs> this is a good place to bring up another thing that we talk about when it comes to movies, which is the the thought process of this has to be based on something else or this has to have X plus Y to be successful or that groupthink mentality of the, the, well, the industry really, not just the production people, but the people that market films, I think is partially responsible. And I kind of, I kind of want to champion the guys who go, no, I'm going to do a lens flare here and I'm not going to use your stupid green film and I'm not going to do this because it, it comes to a point where, even if they're doing it stupidly, well, you have I, to I, kind of appreciate someone making that statement. And even if that statement is just neener neener, I don't know if there's people sitting in. Statement. I don't know if there's people sitting in a in a screening room going, "This needs more lens flares." Well, actually, if that's yeah. the thing is, interestingly enough, I think mm, Matthew doesn't necessarily have it backwards, but it's like. It's that that proliferation of that technique. Right, right, I think right. a lot of the time you, does the, come the from the biggest outside thing, sources. The biggest thing right now that is the that is annoying is the bomb this summer in bomb. trailers. Yeah, trailers. Oh my god, the no, fate. The five fate, heroes fate, will rise. Yeah. The fade to black in trailers. I hate it. I yeah. hate that they're showing you a scene from mm-hmm. the movie and it fades in, fades out, fades in, fades out, fades in, fades out, ever, fades in, fades out. I'm like, oh my god, this is nauseating. Ever since Prometheus, the trailers are all full of scare chords, where they'll do every time you change. Well, that goes back to Inception. Scene. Yeah, yeah. No, Inception that goes back to Inception. A scare chord, and it's just it. it I, every single trailer, and I watch trailers. I don't watch movies. You <laughs> get that, Wah! and then you see the big thing, and then Wah! and I just feel like I, I want Mr. Miyagi. Well, to but come see, in that's that's the thing of Wah! that that group think mentality. This is what's popular, right? Mm-hmm. So we have yep. to use it all the time. But but there yep. seriously aren't people sitting there going, oh, this needs more lens flares, or this needs more bomb, or this needs more, uh, you know, but flash there are frames. Saying, but make it look you, more like JJ. Yeah, but no, they, they will absolutely. say it needs that's, to look and that's like what they're that. saying. And then so they bring that back to their editor because right. the, the movie's already <laughs> shot, yeah. and they're like, make this look more like Star Trek. Right. And they're like, okay, well, what does we can't change the movie? What superficially did Star mm-hmm. Trek have? Exactly. Lots of. Effects yep. and lens flare galore, mm-hmm. and maybe we can color one of the chicks green in yeah, yeah. a post. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, we've got the movie equivalent of Rob Liefeld ripping off everything that uh, really made Gil Kane famous, but doing it badly and not understanding why it worked for Gil Kane. You get to a point where they don't say no, use more lens flare. But I believe, and I believe that it's happening right now in Hollywood. Someone is saying, make this look more like Steven. Oh Spielberg. no, they they well, are make oh, this yeah. look yeah, more look, like uh, this what's, needs this, to look guy, like. Who's the guy from Three Hundred? Is it Guy Ritchie? No, yeah, no, no, that's uh, Zach Zach Snyder. that's Zack Snyder. Like right, yeah, make this Buffalo. make this look more like Snyder. And again, that's that. that's not taking that um, fast, slow, fast, fast, slow, fast, um, and that whole like shooting things underwater mm-hmm. to make all the fabric yeah. be all like yeah. billowy mm-hmm. like do that do that do more of that 
Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing no. if you're just generating a uh, quarter pounder for the masses mm-hmm. where everyone can be exactly the same. Right. But occasionally, occasionally, you might like to have a Ruth Chris steakhouse oh, meal that does take some refinement and is not, a, a you know, a mass quality, low grade. The problem is meat that you product. can't, you can't order that. Like, no. You have to find it. Yeah. Right? It right. has to happen every once in a while. And, you know, I mean, I I really liked the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. I thought yeah, that it was, it was really yeah, yeah. well made. It was good. <laughs> like, after a while, the lens was on, like, all right, that's a that's good. Nope. Still going to do they actually <laughs> burned out of your retinas by the time you're yeah. about a quarter of the way into the movie. I watched that movie again the other day, and it still holds up. And I was oh, like, no, this yeah, is it's... really a good film. It even really though is. It, even though it's got the lens flares, it's still a good film. And and but, the test and of and it passes the test of fire of you know people who weren't Trekkies, right? Or Trekkers, whatever they're calling themselves nowadays, Trekkerinos, Trekkerinos, Trekons. Um, but no, the the you have to go out and find these other things. It's kind of the reason why I like picking these titles that are not quote unquote mainstream books mm-hmm. that we review mm-hmm. on the podcast, right? Because everybody's doing that stuff. Let's go out and explore this little region of the, of the world Mm -hmm. and see what's out there. And there's, I mean, we haven't even gone. I mean, the extent of we have traveled away from our safe zone is kind of like saying we've driven to Nebraska for the first time. Right. right? And it's like, Oh, let's see what's over here in Nebraska. Oh, this is so weird and different over here, but I kind of like it. And it's, you know, but we haven't said, Hey, let's travel to Shanghai. Right, right. Let's read some Chester Brown comics. <laughs> but how long does it take until the Nebraska becomes the standard, which should never happen? <laughs> uh, <laughs> until, six months from now, yeah. Rob is going to shake his fist at <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. And that's the reason why it's Nebraska, because nobody wants to venture out into that area, right? That Nobody right. really wants oh. to go out and explore those different things because they're like, hey, this thing that I know is safe. Mm-hmm. So I'll go and watch the J.J. Abrams, and I'll go and watch the Steven Spielbergs, and I'll go and watch the um, um, uh, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder's, or really any of these other popular type well, movies, because they're they're safe. But you asked me to go see that that guy who spells his name RZA, which he's missing a couple of vowels. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to see that. Or you asked me to go and see, um, I don't know what's a out there movie that I saw recently. Um, you asked me to go see some foreign film. Right. And that's not comfortable to me. But occasionally there will be that crouching t- tiger, hidden dragon. Right. That people right. are like, you really well, need to go see this film. People are like, oh, I love foreign films. You want to go see another one? Oh, no. Oh, God, no, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, but, but actually, that's when it a... Comes- Go ahead. Go ahead, Rodrigo. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. So that's actually a good point in that a lot of these techniques do come from foreign right, films. Right. And it's that's a way... It, and, you know, I mean, obviously, these guys are all professional filmmakers. They know what they're doing and they right, know what right, they do it. Right. I don't want to I don't want to say, like, well, uh, obviously, that uh, that technique comes from Japanese cinema and they're ripping it off because that's what film is. That's what right, art right, is. Right. You just you are influenced yeah, by yeah, things yeah. and you synthesize it into your style and then you present it to people. And that's what ends up happening a lot. You know, that, you know, we were talking in the last show about the Born Identity. Those fights, mm-hmm. that fight choreography, mm-hmm. that fight choreography comes from China. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it comes well, from... Well, it all does. Yeah. So, you know, if you watch movies 
you know, movies about fighting in the United States mm-hmm. prior to the 60s mm-hmm. or prior to the 70s, really, when all that Hong Kong stuff really started catching on, it's like guys just like punching each other in the gut well, and with like just like not even sound effects. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like a punch. You can't even hear it yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. And then like a guy gets laid out in a couple punches and that's a fight scene. Like two guys grab each other by the shoulders mm-hmm. and one of them pushes one way and another pushes the other way and then it pushes them to the table. Yeah. And that's it. That's the fight scene. Right. Right. right, right. Um, and then all of a sudden stuff starts coming in from Asia and people are like, holy crap. Yeah. Oh, my God. That guy swung his fist and it sounded like it's like, yeah. oh, my God, let me have some more of that. And it's like, oh, that's awesome. The guy's just moving his hand. Yep. Hands don't make that sound. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's put it in every fight scene. Rocky yep. 7. Exactly. Do it. <laughs> Swords don't really go shing either. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's... I think that yeah, one, yeah. Of the, one of the problems for me is I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with a little bit of a fast food mentality when it comes to your pop culture. You do not have an obligation as someone who consumes mass culture or consumes whatever you consume, comics, movies, uh, pornography, to go, you know what, I owe it to the world to go and watch this pornography over here. There's nothing wrong with staying in a comfortable vein. I mean, I, I, I've seen Especially a great many things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I've seen a great many things in my time on planet Earth, uh, you know, uh, tennis rackets. But more importantly... I've seen things like, you know, I, I love Francois Truffaut, but my God, his movies are exhausting. Hmm. And sometimes I just want to have some lens flare and some bippity bippity. Yeah, there, there's, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I think that we get into a, and we're, we're coming dangerously close. And I, I tease about this, but saying, yes, we do need to read things that are not by the big five. Absolutely. We need to read things that are in other genres. But simply not being a superhero genre does not make something good. No. No. And being a superhero genre does not make something, you know, not alternative or not quality. It's it's that point where, and I think this goes back to J.J. Abrams, is we're seeing the Rococo. We're seeing the exterior and not understanding the craft that goes on underneath J.J.'s lens flares. Or, you know, if you look at, say, oh, I don't know. Iron Man number two that I reviewed earlier this week. Not a good comic book. Not a good superhero comic book. Not necessarily a horrible failure. Just not something that came together. And I don't think that it would have been any more successful if the main character was actually a spy rather than a superhero in a suit. You know, I don't necessarily think that having a superhero be the main character made it any worse. I think that what it comes down to with movie making and with anything is what are you getting out of it and what are they putting into it? If well, it's all about, I want that, that fast food mentality. That's fine. Once in a while, go have yourself a steak. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the point that I'm trying to get at is, you know, if you expose yourself to these different things, Zach has never read Calvin and Hobbes. You know what? I bet if we sat Zach, Zach down and gave him, that's true. <laughs> You know, I bet if we gave him a couple of the of the soft cover sure. books, barely know how to read at all, he would go away so, yeah. and come back in a week with a different perspective on things. Whether that's a good perspective or a bad perspective, it's going to change him. And then maybe when he goes out and does a project, he will use those influences to change him exactly. and oh, yeah, to incorporate absolutely. that into his work and hopefully make his work better because he's been influenced by that. And that's why yeah, I think it's important Ed to go Wood movies and see if he'll put on a sweater. 
Yeah. Um, no, that would not be a good fit uh-huh. for Zach. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. Wasn't a good fit for Ed Wood either. No. Well, maybe for him. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think we he have to do comfortable. that. But the problem, I, I guess kind of the the issue, and as nice. I as I make this transition, I guess the issue that I have with let's follow the herd mentality is, I don't know, it seems to backfire on the herd a lot. It's like, hey, everybody. And I was, uh, before the we started the show, I was talking with Rodrigo about this new Ken Burns documentary on the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about uh, how in order to stabilize the beef industry, they just did a mass slaughter of cows in mm-hmm. 1935, 1936. And it kind of feels that way when we get into this herd mentality of, hey, everybody, there's this ditch down here. Let's all go down in there and see what's there. Come on, come on, come on. It'll be great. <laughs> and then you get down there in the bottom of the ditch and you suddenly look up and here's all these these uh, government people with shotguns. It's like, holy crap. And I guess it's it's kind of an exaggerated example but a lot of people have been recently email me or twittering me going oh how come you guys didn't report on on this story uh or this story or that story and i guess the newest one that popped up this week was and it just swept the internet by storm was that um in the new superman movie snyder not snyder is directing that but uh they let on that hey this uh, superman movie is going to tie into the justice league League, movie and oh by the way um just, What's a Joseph Gordon-Levitt Gordon Le- has already been hired for Batman. So in a sense, Batman's Christopher Nolan universe is now part of the Justice League. And this is all confirmed and da 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 And all the sites are reporting on this. And I'm sitting back going, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly by the afternoon, everyone's like, oh, no, this is debunked. It's just a rumor. It's not happening. Debunked. And now all these other sites that – and I understand it's for – um you know, link baiting and getting people to come in and salacious news coverage and all this stuff. But now suddenly in the afternoon when it's debunked, everybody's kind of out there with their pants down or down there in the bottom of the ditch looking up these guns and going, oh, well, we can't really backtrack out of this now, can we? And I, I, does it make sense to do a lot of that rumor mongering when it's pretty obvious that that's not the truth? I, You know, I think it, it comes down to... It comes down to your philosophy as a news organization. Right. You know. Well, uh, we're certainly not a news organization. We're an entertainment entity. Right. It comes down to your philosophy as an entertainment entity. Um, <laughs> for example, your philosophy as an entertainment entity might be, we don't do any spoilers. You can come to our site safely and we will never spoil it right. for you. Right. Your uh, your uh, worldview as an entertainment entity may very well be we're going to spoil the crap out of everything. Yeah. So if you're coming to the site, accepts, uh, expect spoilers. I'll tell you what, we'll put them after the jump. But if you take the jump, you're yeah. taking you're taking your yeah. anger into your own hands. Right. right. Um, yeah. So we we you know it it depends on where you land on those things. Some sites are all about rumors. Mm-hmm. Some sites you know regardless of what it is. So there are. Obviously, celebrity rumors, pop culture rumors. There are science rumor sites, right? right. You know where they're like, "Oh, I heard they, I heard they found oh, yeah, two Higgs bosons particles." Well, they're... and they were <laughs> hanging out together, and I don't think they were married. There's some big uh, <laughs> science rumor mongering about uh, some announcement coming oh, out of NASA yeah, from about NASA, Mars. About, yeah, yeah, with the with the with rover the findings. Found. Yeah, Martians. Uh, maybe, maybe that's yes. kind of what they're hinting at. They're saying this is going to be the biggest they found announcement. Joseph Gordon, the, <laughs> well, the announcement. Joseph, he was, he was dressed as Batman. The the hint has been this is going to be the biggest announcement 
in any kind of extra ter- uh, extra terrestrial exploration. Right. And meaning extraterrestrial off the planet, mm-hmm, not right. extraterrestrial as there's aliens out well, there. Well, but I mean, so, you know, who knows what it is? Oh, we've definitive proof that there's running water on Mars. Well, that's big deal. You know, kind of. I mean, stuff. that is a big or, deal. Well, it is. It's but huge. it's maybe not yeah, as a, a deal. huge deal as, oh, my God, there are these little cockroaches running around well, the surface of Mars. And that's and that's and that's the thing about science. And I work <laughs> is that the the important things in science are obviously found by scientists and right. scientists mm-hmm. get excited about things, yeah, little things that are meaningful in a scientific way, which might not be meaningful to the general public. Right. right. I mean, if somebody, if they did say we have found definitive proof that at some point in history, there was liquid water on Mars. That's a, that's huge. It's yeah. huge for science. Right. The the next step is figuring out if there was ever life on Mars. Right. You know, obviously, if they've gone ahead and jumped over a few steps, then everybody would be way more excited. Right. But yeah, it's like when you find current life. Yeah. Like some kind of extraterrestrial life that's alive right now, then let me know. That's basically yeah. what the general right. public right. Right. wants right. to to hear. But scientists, you know, you think about something like M theory or string theory or all mm-hmm. that stuff. Incredibly exciting stuff, you know, when when it started getting developed and people were like, oh, my God, what if the universe does work? This? Oh, my God, this accounts for so many weird things out right. there. Weird things that in no way, no way affect anybody's everyday life. Right, exactly. Right, right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of how I feel about sometimes about the rumor mongering. It's if you guys just take a moment and think. Does this make sense? Does it really seriously make sense? Now, yes. The announcement that the Superman movie is going to lead into a Justice League movie. Yeah, I can believe that because it makes sense. We've seen it happen before with the Marvel, the Marvel uh, films, right? Makes sense. Which Mm -hmm. is precisely why I didn't believe it, by the way. About the Justice League stuff? The Superman Justice League? Because it's, it's, it's too perfect. Oh, no. I mean, that, I mean, that seems very believable. But then suddenly to say, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to be playing Batman. Mm -hmm. Okay, there is probably a 50-50 chance that that's true. I would have have placed it lower than that. uh, There's also a 50-50% chance that it's going to rain today. Yeah. And in western Kansas, you know, when they say, oh, there's 50% chance that it's going to rain, it means there's 50% chance that it's not, not. But then somehow to say, oh, and this ties in and this ties Christopher Nolan's universe into this Justice League movie. Suddenly you have to say, hold it. Now the whole picture smells. Right, right. Why would you want to do this except to generate crazy hits to your site and pump up your volume temporarily? Uh, Did you take my blogging class? You took my blogging class. So you've already heard this again (laughs) about sites that will continuously try (laughs) to find the next big rumor build their traffic up and it won't fall back to old levels but it'll fall down then they'll find yeah. another one that'll bring them up to another plateau and then another plateau and then yeah you know, no we've discussed sites it, it, that do mm, that it just bothers me that you will want to twist someone in that way right. with a rumor that really doesn't amount to much well and it's a it's a matter of placement too I, again it's like what what do you see yourself as as a as a business or as an entity or as an information gathering uh site that puts cool pictures usually of ladies yeah boy. Mm-hmm. um you know it's like if you want to be the rumor guy then that's cool and you know your numbers will reflect it in a um like a, in a visual sense right 
And in the long term, I personally don't know which one's better. But, you know, if you look at a site that sets itself up as respectable, Mm -hmm. you will usually see this like steadily, this steady series of plateaus. Right, right. Of of those sorts of sites. Whereas the rumor sites just have all like this wild (laughs) fluctuating set of spikes. Right. Um, where they put their bets on one thing and maybe it doesn't pay off or they put their bets on another thing and it like pays off like crazy and everybody's linking back to them up until the rumors debunked. Right. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there with, let's go back down to zero. Right. Exactly. And I can understand, you know, there are sites, um, and there, just throw a stone, you'll hit one on the internet that will, um, that are, that run a lot of rumors and, and major spoilers used to run a lot of rumors too, until I got really to the point where, wow, I'm putting a lot of effort into this story that is just a rumor, and now that story is essentially dead. Right. And I can't do anything with it. So what a waste of my time, what a waste of my reader's time to get them all worked up over nothing. Right. We have discovered a scratch on the surface of Mars. Right. This means something. Um, Yes, we've discovered a plate of mashed potatoes (laughs) on the surface of Mars. (laughs) Mars And it's shaped like Devil's Tower. Um... But it just got to the point where it's like, I'll just wait until the rumor is confirmed as fact or not. Yeah, I might be late to the party, but at least I'm not out there just wasting people's times. Whereas there are sites that rely on rumors all the time because, as Matthew is off, uh, quite often will say, that a broken clock is, is always right twice a day. And that, yeah, every once in a while, a rumor will become fact. Right. Um. But some trends are easy to spot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is predicting, oh, we know for sure that the next uh, iPad is going to be the iPad mini. Well, that makes sense. It's not a rumor. It's something that is a that has a definite, right? Uh, what is it? Vector pointing to yes. Well, I'm, because uh, look at the past history but, of I performance mean, it, of this. It is a rumor. It's just an informed. Right, an right. informed rumor. An informed, yeah, false. Yeah, it's an informed yeah. hypothesis I think what, that you can pass off as a rumor. I think maybe we should try this and see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have time to do this right now just because of all the other things that are going on. Right. I think maybe well, I should. all secretive, but like a, a thousand people are going to hear this. <laughs> oh, please, Rodrigo. We have a lot fewer listeners to this. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot more listeners than a, than a thousand. Um, what if we, we spend our time debunking the rumor and saying, hey, here's why Joseph Gordon-Levitt isn't going to be Batman in the Justice League movie? Because then we get a reputation as being negative Nellies who well, hate everything. Uh, and actually, I'll, I'll tell you the main reason why, because we literally don't have the time. Right. These rumors... Like, spring up. Are, yeah. This so spring up sprung, this sprung automatically. Up this morning, while I was spending three hours with students this morning, right. telling them, your storyboard is not a storyboard. It is a scribble. Right. Go back and give me more shots. You don't have enough shots in this right. three-minute right. piece. You have six shots in a three-minute piece. Go back and work. Spent three hours doing that. So the rumor sprang up then mm-hmm. and last until about one thirty, our local time. And mm-hmm. then it was just like, oh, no, uh, everyone's confirmed this is a, yeah. a rumor. It's Variety debunked. places a call, rumor debunked. Yeah. And in this case, I don't remember if it's Variety or Hollywood Reporter. Right, but exactly, it's one of those exactly. two. Although I would put more credit on Variety than Hollywood Reporter at this yeah. point. So. I, I don't know. I get a little irate at that. It's like, oh my gosh, you're just you're well, yeah. basing so, your whole day on on this so, one. So thing. the reason why we couldn't do a series is because we don't have enough time. I mean, we'd still if we did that for every rumor, we would still be at why Cher isn't going to be Catwoman in the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I think that there would be, but I think there are some moments where you just have to say, hey, wait a minute, people. You really think that this upcoming event is going to be any different? Or you really think that this is really going to be a possibility? I think we should register another domain uh, called Major Spoilers. <laughs> like a question mark at the end. And then um, that can just be a rumor site. And half of it will be rumors that we've actually heard. The other half will be rumors we just made up. Yeah, yeah. And then people will have to figure out yeah. which one's which. If we do have a rumor lately, I've been tagging it as big, big, big tag rumor. Right. And saying this is a rumor I don't put a lot of faith into. Right. This. But but right, you right. can always, I mean, there are some things where it's like, you know, if you hear early on that, uh, like, uh, Orlando Bloom is going to be in one of the, the Hobbit Hobbits. movies. Right? That, yeah, makes right. Sense, right. that makes sense. Right. That makes perfect sense. Somehow you're going to have to introduce this character in a prequel, in a, what is essentially a prequel movie right. to this event. It makes sense for him to be right. in Rivendell. Right. Mm-hmm. If he's or, in, or, or wherever, yeah, yeah, where his daddy elf lives. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And there are some good possibilities <laughs> that... Yeah, see, I don't even know if that one, for example, what has been confirmed or not, but I, I know is, that I've heard it. Yeah, so I thought he was supposed it. to yeah. be in it. Yeah, Legolasia is right. in there. So, so, I mean, if you hear that, that's a very viable rumor. That's and that would be something that I would run. It's, right, hey, here's something that has a 90% chance of being accurate. Right, absolutely. Yeah. But if it's something like, I don't know, and I, I guess in that same vein. So, in the next, so for example, if, if we're going to, let's start a rumor. Yes. The next Transformers movie is going to have Leonard Nimoy playing Optimus Prime. Yeah, there's some posi- plausibility to that. I mean, Nimoy what, did play one of those Transformer bots in a previous movie. Mm-hmm. Why not do that Galvatron. again? Yeah, Galvatron. Sure. Why wouldn't he play that in an upcoming movie? Well, uh, there's a good possibility of that. Mm-hmm. And this movie does play take place, now that I think about it, it's not probably a bad rumor to start. <laughs> I, think, I think certainly Leonard Nimoy will be in the next Transformers movie in some Way is not a bad, is, is, is a perfectly viable rumor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, it would make some sense. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's why they got Peter uh, Cullen in, in there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To do that because it right. was a reference to the old. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Leonard Nimoy, though, has said he's going to retire from acting. He said that five times already. Right. But each time they suck him back in. Mm-hmm. But, but now the Hobbit has come out, so somebody has to do the theme song for it. <laughs> This, uh, um, this and December nineteenth. Gary Glitter is going to do the music for. The but I mean, is, do you think it's really possible? I mean, what is the chance of Leonard Nimoy doing the voice of Galvatron in the next opt, uh, next Transformers movie? It doesn't the matter chances. what the chances actually are. It only matters <laughs> if it'll get the audience excited. What that's that's the important thing about a rumor. It's like yeah, yeah. viability is important, but. After it gets to a certain I'm point, I'm gonna start that rumor on the site right now. Yeah, do it. Rumor: Leonard Nimoy to play Galvatron in the next Transformers movie. So what's the what's the upshot of that? Um, yeah, it's it's if it's something that gets the audience excited, it doesn't matter. Like the the it's like a it's like um a reverse, but it's it's inversely proportional. Right, it's right, like right. the more exciting the rumor. The less proof that you need of it, or even the yeah, less yeah, viability. The bigger, yeah. that isn't that, isn't what, what's the uh, the bigger the lie? The uh, or in right. order to cover the truth, you just tell a great big lie. What, right. what, what is that? There's some saying that's along that lines. 
of the bigger the lie. The tail will wag the dog? S- something to that extent, but... The, the boy you know, cried wolf? If, if you tell a, an outlandish, crazy-ass lie... Oh, yeah. Therefore, yep. it... More there's people a, will believe it. Yeah, more mm-hmm. people will believe it the crazier the lie is. Right, right. I, I really don't want to use the site as that kind of an experiment. I mean, people would. I mean, I could put this up now, the day that we're yeah, recording. Yeah, put it up this. now. By the time Saturday rolls up, people will have heard this podcast, and then they will hate us. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to be that mean to people. Well, we should do the opposite. If only there we was a. In- Oh yeah, just just put <laughs> put on the side. Leonard Nimoy confirmed to not be on, it. <laughs> and then we'll be wrong. <laughs> that will then like, knowing my luck is it is Michael Bay doing the next transform? Yeah, he is. Uh, well, you know there is. So, so here's so here. Take a look, look at this. So there are some. Who knows how truthful this is? There were when the fourth Transformers movie was somewhat announced that they were going to do it. Suddenly, I don't know who started it. But someone started the speculation that, oh, my gosh, Marky Mark is going to be in this next Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. And it was a total rumor, and everybody ran with it. And then suddenly, Marky Mark is going to be in the next Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're all of a sudden saying, crediting the mass rumor hysteria for landing him that part. Right. And we and I honestly believe that a lot of times when we see that, um, what's that girl married to, a, uh, not Justin... Uh, not Justin Bieber, the the other um, kid from the pop group who was in Social Network. Justin and Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Justin What's her face? Timberlake? His wife. Oh, uh, Jessica Biel. Jessica, Jessica Biel. Biel. Uh, so there was this huge rumor that was running. Scarlett Johansson. There was a huge rumor that was running that was like, oh, Jessica Biel is going to be in the next Wolverine movie. This is confirmed. This is uh, confirmed. And it's that. like, no, look at the story. It says she's in talks to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then again, by the afternoon. No, she's not going to be in the movie. Talks uh, fell through I or saw... whatever. I saw, oh, people are, like, somebody at some point, I think, said, wouldn't it be cool if, uh, it, is it Idris or Idris Elba was the next James Bond? This mm-hmm. is the guy who played... Oh, um, I, I saw your turtle. Was this the turtle comment that you made? Oh, and my, on my... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I was responding to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, somebody said, wouldn't it be cool if this guy, and I think it's the guy from, I want to say it's the guy from Luther... Um, play James Bond. He's black. Mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. it right, was right. the deal. Wouldn't it be great if there was if this guy played him? He is super awesome, and he's black. Um, and after that went up, progressively, I've seen more and more uh, katumbles, which I believe right. is the pro- proper is name that what for it's a, called? A, a post on <laughs> Tumblr. Yes, katumbles. Um, <laughs> about uh, <laughs> just treating this more and more and more like it's probably going from wouldn't it be great to this is yeah, probably yeah. going to happen to when yeah, this yeah. happens yeah that's the monkey telephones and yeah I, I, and it, it really is it's like people just working themselves into it and here's the thing because people are working themselves into a frenzy it could work yeah yeah or it might not factor in at all and it might not work at all and then people will just be massively oh, disappointed this- like the people who are into it but it's like, yeah, I mean, these rumors get going and people just start spinning and spinning and spinning. And the fact that they want it to happen yeah. becomes more important than the fact that it could happen. Do you think um, there's any kind of mass consciousness forcing an effect? I think not, well, at, kind this, of not at this scale. I don't think. Not at this scale? The Intar no. webs. Because I, I I'm a I'm guessing that if people are listening to this podcast that I didn't win the 
$425 million mm-hmm. this week. Darn it. But I have a belief that if every single one of the major spoilers people concentrated and said Stephen win this this lottery that or whatever whatever the mass thought would be mm-hmm. that you could make that happen true or false is that is that feasible reasonable um i don't think it works that way there was a a weird kind of uh, the i mean there've all been these different kinds of thought experiments and we may have talked about this on the show before i don't know mm-hmm. rob would know certainly brian would know brian might know but uh this idea that can enough people think about something cause that something to happen mm-hmm. and I, I, I they have some kind of tracking proofs or correlations i guess they should say uh one of them is the 700 club where there was a hurricane bearing down on the headquarters or wherever 700 club was coming and he was like let us all pray that this hurricane just turns north mm-hmm. and he all of a sudden the hurricane which was not expected to turn north suddenly turns north right um, they have these, uh, it's called the, uh, the egg experiment where they have all these random counter generators mm-hmm. and they somehow are using those to try to predict short term future events mm-hmm. where suddenly all these numbers start becoming not, not random, but more right. They start synchronizing right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. with each other. And all of a sudden that's happened when mass consciousness is suddenly focusing on something mm-hmm. right before an event happens. So they're trying to use that to try to predict earthquakes or other things like that. Um, Art Bell years ago on Coast to Coast did some experiments where he's like, I want everybody to start concentrating on rain falling in this area and seven day forecast is no rain. And suddenly rain is just falling. Right. Because all these mines, these millions of people are focusing on rain in Oklahoma and then suddenly boom, huge thunderstorm pops up. Of course, the real problem with that is that there's no way to prove it. Right, right, right. Because right. It, it's specifically calling on something that we don't even know whether it exists or not. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence for right, it. Right, But without any hard scientific proof, no one can a- ever actually prove that these things are happening. Um, and they're trying. I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, the mm-hmm. counters experiments, um, you know, uh, there is, for example, um, there are cases where... Um, people will start freaking out before earthquakes. Right, cats there and dogs are, running yeah, away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly animals. Um, and you know, there's a lot of theories as to why that happens. Um, especially with and and with specific animals, they can be like, oh no, this absolutely happens because they can feel it ahead right, of time. Right, right, like right. literally, they have senses that we don't. Right, right. You know, some other animals are like, mm, maybe they are. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll they're just, psychic cows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have any have any belief into this, Matthew? Any thoughts on mass consciousness effect? Having any kind of an effect? Uh, I think that it's one of those moments where, uh, but we're we're kind of we're wagging the dog again. But it's, are you? But you're saying, one of those. But aren't you one of those people? And I'm just kind of grouping you in. But based on other conversations we have, aren't you one of those people that I have to see it with my own two eyes to believe it? No, I I don't necessarily disbelieve too many things. And I think that part of the reason that people spend so much time talking about this stuff is because there's always going to be that moment where, and, and, it, it, and it always entertains my daughter, we'll be driving along, I'll snap my fingers in the, the traffic light. Oh, yeah, I do that too. Sometimes I pay attention, sometimes I time it, sometimes I'm just screwing around, and boom, it happens immediately. It's magic. Or it's something that happens. I think that 
the the need to try and explain to put a face on these things to try and quantify what's going on and say mass consciousness is making it rain in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I think that's fascinating. I can't prove that it doesn't happen, but I can tell you that in the time that it takes for us to talk about it, there are probably 50 people out there going no. And yeah, 50 oh yeah, yeah. Out yeah, there yeah. Going, yes, no, 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 yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it's all about what you what you've seen or what you think you've seen. So if you think that mass consciousness exists and somebody created it, you know, because somewhere along the line, somebody had to decide that mass consciousness was something that the mass consciousness need to think about. Maybe we all need to think about mass consciousness and make it a thing. Maybe well, everybody like should just concentrate on me winning the lottery. And then <laughs> there's a there's a um... we'd all be happier. We could put up these rumors about Leonard Nimoy and Galvatron. Right. That's, that's true. There's a there's a a great concept um that's kind of like the the con, like consensual reality mm-hmm. in which reality is what it is because people believe it to be. Right. And um things and and it literally means that things that were true before are no longer true. Right, right. Because people no longer believe them because as as, as science or whatever treks forward those things cease to exist. So literally, there did used to be, for example, the witches. moon was made of cheese. Possibly. I mean, the earth used to be flat. Yeah, flat. Yeah. Like literally, the earth used to be flat. Right. And people did used to fall off the edge of mm-hmm. it until somebody said, you know, I don't think the earth is flat. And enough people went, mm, you know what, maybe the earth isn't flat. Or there were there are those individual people who are, you know, important and mighty and, and, and they can warp things to yeah, what yeah. they believe and warp the beliefs of others to what yeah. they believe the st- and literally change reality. Steve Jobs reality distortion. Right, thing. right, exactly. Mm-hmm. That, exactly, that sort of thing. Um, there's a... Um, I, I first encountered this in a role-playing game. Um, not not like literally at a role-playing game <laughs> where all of a sudden the loss of reality started changing. It's, ba- it's the basis of the old World of Darkness mage mm-hmm. where... Um, you know, reality is basically this drab, boring existence because there's a cabal of um, uh, people who have that ability to warp it who said, guys, this is the safest thing. And they've like infused themselves into society mm-hmm. and made the universe boring mm-hmm. for your safety. Right, right, right. And there's like this other group that is like, no, the universe should be wondrous and magical. And they're like running around blowing, uh, you know, uh, you know, turning cows into uh dragons yeah, and yeah. you know just right, doing yeah. all kinds of turning vampires into lawn chairs and things like that um and it's 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 a really interesting idea and it's an idea that because of the nature of perception we couldn't possibly ever disprove which is by the way the way that you can tell that something is not scientific not that it can't be proven yeah, yeah. but that it can't be disproven right 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 and we can't disprove that at this point right that, uh, that reality that that are yeah <laughs> we can't disprove at this point that Leonard Re- Nimoy is not oh, going to play Galvatron. That's that's our out, and that's instead of just saying rumor, right? We can't not disprove at this time, right? <laughs> that Leonard Nimoy won't be playing Galvatron in the upcoming right. Transformers movie starring Marky Mark. By uh, we have a, a very reliable source, the Higgs boson. Uh, tells us <laughs> that, <laughs> not Higgs boson. Just we have a very reliable source in Switzerland. Yeah, at CERN. At CERN, that says that the likelihood of Leonard Nimoy <laughs> playing Galvatron is not an improbability. More, yes, it's not an improbability. There you go. It's you not like a, that? It's not scientifically impossible. You like that story, Matthew? Is that going to bring in a hundred thousand uh, links to the site tomorrow? Oh, Matthew has stepped out again. Yep. All right. Well, 
we have started this crazy <laughs> conversation that began with Rodrigo sitting down and watching a year and a half old uh, Netflix movie mm-hmm. and suddenly bringing it around to uh, the rumor about Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. It was cute. I did like that most of the lovey scenes take place with a girl in zombie makeup. That yes. was very charming. Yes. You know how he got that movie idea for that movie? How? That, in, that first shot of the day since accident flipping down to zero right. was his initial idea for the movie and then he built it off that that's I believe kinda it. that's kinda how he does things. Mm-hmm. That's how I do things. Yeah. And then it he's turned like, into a level. He's part. like, huh, I sure come to this bust up named Cloverfield often. <laughs> I should do something with that. Yep. All right, listeners, we have started the conversation. We want you to continue it by heading over to majorspoilers.com, sharing your thoughts, sharing your ideas, sharing your beliefs system with us. And you're not all wrong. I think everybody is is right to some extent. Well, by well, certain people's beliefs, not everybody can be right. Right. By certain others, everybody has to be right, and mm-hmm. by certain others, only some people can be right. But it's only when you can't disprove something. Right. So, there so you go. So, by, by science's standards, a lot of people are wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, scientifically, we could all be wrong, starting now. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Next time, Iron Man, Armor Wars. Why? Because we know that you love comics, we do too, and we will talk with you soon. If I had the X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save some bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the rack. And although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he'd make me wait out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Away. If I was hulking green or gray, I could bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little me would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would you bag and board your comics with such huge fans? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Major spoiler, yeah, 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 yeah. What a major spoiler. Major spoilers. It's copyright 2012. You've always had what it takes to make it happen, and we know the right tools can make it easier. At Stereo University, we're always thinking about new ways to set you up for success. That's why we give you a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program. So you can start off on the right foot and keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.